This is Anja Krieger. You're listening to the podcast of the Institute for Advanced Sustainability Studies. I'm here with Hauke van der Linde at the climate change conference in Bonn, Germany, in the Bonn zone, which is the yes. zone where all the side events <laughs> take place. Hauke, you're new at ISS, right? I'm new indeed. I'm going to be an intern here and uh, working on the climate engineering program together with Matthias and other teams of the uh, geoengineering program. Uh-huh. And, w and what is your background? So my background is a bachelor in environmental studies with a broad interdisciplinary approach and then mostly focus on earth system governance and how to govern the current uh, problems concerning climate change and climate change adaptation, mitigation, how to uh, yeah, do that in the international governance. That's really what intrigues me. And how to um, see that happening here at the conference is something that is very interesting, intriguing, but also very motivating to even do more research into that and to yeah, see how that actually goes. I think it's striking that a field such as earth system governance exists now. Yeah, that is indeed really interesting. It actually starts with the idea of living in an anthropocentric world where the humans are one of the major influences on the earth systems. And from that point onwards, you actually easily get to earth system governance because, yeah, how, human inter how humans interact uh, in the earth systems and as we live in the anthropocentric world is actually key to the idea of earth system governance because then if humans indeed are that major influence, they also need to be governed to guide that influence actually. And that's what you actually see happening here through the Paris Agreement and through other international agreements where they try to yeah, make a difference in how humans interact with the climate systems, with the earth system. And that is such a big effort actually, but also such a big impact that that has that, uh, yeah, it's really interesting and really important. You were born after the, these climate change conferences started, right? Yes, I was indeed, uh, 1994 to be exactly. Uh, they started in 1972 uh, with the first uh, Earth Summit in uh, Europe, actually, as one of the main reasons, therefore, was uh, acid rain through Europe and transboundary air pollution, one of the oldest uh, international agreements as well, is on the effects of transboundary, uh, a long-distance transboundary air pollution. And... In that, it is really interesting to see how the field has developed because from where it started with uh, addressing some acute problems with acid rain, uh, forest degradation because of acid rain, it now has changed to a whole more comprehensive field combining also climate change with international development, with all the extra effects that uh, climate change mitigation also has and benefits it has. Health benefits, financial benefits even sometimes, but also ecosystem services benefits, biodiversity benefits, and there are so many things. And I think research has very much contributed to this whole understanding of uh, a holistic view of the world and also an holistic uh, research approach because it is not just one system. If you affect one system, it affects the whole ecosystems. And then we get also back to the idea of earth system governance. It is the earth system that we need to uh, protect as well as that we need to search for governance opportunities to actually um, use what resources we have in order to um, yeah, in order to actually solve the climate problem, but also to protect the earth from degrading in order to protect what we have now for future generation. The future generation 
equity is then very important. This is something that is often discussed here, especially by the Jungos and um, so the young NGOs. And um, yeah, I believe there are some agenda points on the APAs as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're in your early 20s? Yeah, I so understand. I'm in my, yeah. <laughs> um, is this your first COP or yes, have you uh, been to no. these summits? <laughs> and, and what is your impression as a, as a first time? So, as a first time, we're. Um, it is a bit overwhelming, to be honest, actually. It is really interesting, that first of all, but it is overwhelming with how many different events are going on at the same time, how many negotiations are going on, and it's also sometimes hard to follow what is actually negotiating. A lot of formal procedures, but a lot of different groups within the Paris Agreement and within the different other protocols and negotiation documents that are convening here at the COP, actually. So, um, hard to keep track of everything but uh, meetings like the Ringo meeting where um, research institute meet every morning to debrief on what has happened previously and what's going to happen today help to kind of structure all that different events but what I find really nice to see here and if we look around here at the uh, bond zone is also the uh, participation of non-party stakeholders and NGOs and other uh, bodies actually that also participate in this cup and that's also something that I heard yesterday that is very uh, new about these conferences, especially after the Paris Agreement, there is a lot more room for interaction and also participation of non-party stakeholders. And that can then be either NGOs, uh, companies, um, uh, so, uh, yeah, foundations and all kinds of different um, groups of people that have an interest in it and that also want to contribute to like a better environment through such a thing as the Paris Agreement. And they are actually very important. Yeah. <laughs> could you could you give me some examples? Like, what were your highlights so far, and what else are you planning and looking right. forward um, to, um, like specific yeah. events or so topics? So the highlights are I really found yesterday very interesting. I was at the open dialogue with the Fiji presidency, and um, even enjoyed the national Fijian drink afterwards. And it was very interesting to see how much they indeed want to. Um, incorporate non-party stakeholders and the open dialogue is one of the examples of that where non-party stakeholders have a dialogue with the presidency to have more influence and to raise questions to raise awareness of what they think that is important so that is really something that uh, i really found is really my highlights and yeah what do i expect more uh, <laughs> there's so much to expect and so much to see and um, i really like the atmosphere as well like everyone is so um, so motivated as well as confident that we still can make it, that we still can uh, make the goals that are set in the Paris Agreement and that we can prevent uh, global warming of reaching this tipping point of 1.5 and 2 degrees. A lot of side events uh, still say we can do it, we have to take action now, but we can do it if we take action. And that's also something that really gives me confidence in the future and yeah, motivates me to also uh, be active in the whole process and um, yeah, contribute to that whole idea, actually. Yeah. Thank you so much, Hauke, for these insights from the COP. Yeah, no and problem. Thank <laughs> and thank thanks to our listeners. We will bring you more insights from the COP soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>